0: OTBGAA. And he threw his famous patented dummy hand pass. Because he was a big handballer with his right hand. And I literally moved into another parish.
1: Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTBAM with Gillette in association with Movember.
0: Effortless shave, magnificent Mo. Speaking of great stuff. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you.
1: Morning, lads. How are you?
0: Flying it. How are you keeping Delighted to see uh, Stevie G, one of your former uh, heroes, get the booth this morning,
1: Quinny. You're, you're delighted or am I'm delighted? Are you no, delighted? No, I'm, I'm, you no, no I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed yeah. because um, uh, I met him a few times and uh, he was absolutely lovely and obviously a big Liverpool fan. So is my son. So we met him in Portugal a few years ago as well. And. He brought my son out onto the field with him uh, when he was with Rangers. No, that was that was the downside maybe at the time. We wouldn't be Rangers fans, but anyway, um, he was lovely. So, you know, obviously he was a Liverpool legend, so I'm a bit disappointed for him. But that's the nature of uh, the business at the moment. When I saw the result last night, I thought that's it. And uh, obviously it was for, you know, but it's... Uh, cut business.
0: We've uh, tasked you, I, I accept, uh, late in the day with picking your 15 and subs from the uh, squad that was named during the week. Uh, maybe a good way to sort of pick through the uh, selections that Andy Farrell and his backroom staff have gone with. So, do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, uh, look, it's uh, obviously for South Africa, you're, you know, there's some calls that maybe there should be a bit of mixing and matching here with the selection, but I think you've got to try and win these games as well, and I think there will be obviously um some tweaks and changes for for Fiji and maybe even Australia but I think Ireland have to get a, a start as strong as they possibly can there's a lot of injuries and and some doubts about some of the players but it kind of self-explanatory picks most of it picks itself well nearly the whole team um Andrew Porter, James Sheehan, Tyke Furlong, James Ryan, Tyke Byrne, O'Mahony at six, Doris mm-hmm. eight, Van der Fleer seven. So that's the forward pack that would have started at third test um in New Zealand. Um maybe the second one as well with. if I'm mistaken. Yeah, I think look they're gonna it's gonna be a very physical game, obviously, and um you don't have a lot of time together in camp, uh preparing and trying to get getting everyone back up to speed, so they're they're the ones who perform really well. Who did you and, go for in the CVC, second row sorry? James Ryan and Tyke Byrne. Yeah, well, you know, there's no, there's no Henderson um, needs most. Obviously, yeah, obviously this, you know, Ryan Baird is back. Is back in the squad. Um, he was in New Zealand as well and, and putting a bit, bit of pressure on there. He's still a young player. Kieran Treadwell did really well off the bench in, in New Zealand. So, who so
0: are you taking as uh, cover there? Who's your bench cover for the second row?
1: Well, I think again, I'm going with, I'm going with. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with what's what happened in New Zealand and Treadwell came off the bench there. There's there's an argument mm-hmm. to, to, to you know to put a Joe McCarthy in there. Thomas Aherna's on the A squad. They did really well in South Africa, both those guys. And it's an obvious area of concern that that gap is kinda of closed with the with the, 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 the seasoned internationals of Byrne, Ryan, Henderson. We need more depths there, we need more options there. Um so, you know, Treadwell did really well off the bench again and, and he has a knock, so who knows what you know, how fit and how how well he'll be. Obviously they're picked so the medical the medical reports and on, on, on some of these guys that are in the squad that they will make it. Um then in the backs, um Gibson Park, Sexton. I, I thought about this long and hard as regards putting um Making a change, it's obviously Bundyaki is out, but hmm. Stuart McCluskey is someone who's been playing outstandingly well for for Ulster. Um, I'm delighted he's in the squad. I think he will feature. He'll be pretty close, but obviously Henshaw and Ringrose again. They know he's other inside out and they are top quality internationals. So I think they, they, that's who I'd start in the centres.
0: Ringrose is um, man of the match every other game at the minute.
1: Yeah, but just every time Henshaw plays, even uh, you know. He doesn't drop his standard as regards commitment and and you know his ability to to make things happen he's he's an incredibly competitive player and um top class international i think uh full back then uh, before
0: before you before you go there who are you putting on the bench as cover at ten and nine
1: Who am I putting on the bench at ten and nine um yeah i am saying Craig Casey. Uh, Conor Murray obviously is, maybe he's, you talk about picking players for different games, maybe he would be the one that would be suited best as regards his physical presence, his his, um, his ability to defend, um, and he's been top class at that for a long, long time. But I think obviously if you want that bit of zip off the bench, uh, maybe Casey brings that. So it's a very, very tight one between both of them. Um, There's an argument for both. Um, And, you know, Conor Murray hasn't a lot of games played this year. Mm. We'll obviously see tomorrow um, he probably will start, um, should start at at this stage, because I think Casey hasn't really trained during the week. So I don't know whether he'll he'll be involved. I doubt if he will be involved. Um, So Conor Murray needs matches and uh, obviously can still do a good job there. But I'd probably go for Casey slightly. Yeah. And, and Carbery, Yeah.
0: What, just on on the next level, sort of after that, at 10, because I, I saw with interest the Three Red Kings account on uh, Twitter, a um, Munster fan account, and they were making the point that Jack Crowley did really well in the Emerging Ireland Tour, but it's Frawley that gets the call up uh, to that extended senior squad regardless. Uh, obviously, it points to a huge ambition for Frawley from Andy Farrell and his team.
1: Yeah, I think obviously they um, they probably see him as as the one that uh, can put pressure on Carberry there. He's best equipped at the moment. Mm. I think obviously what Jack Crowley did in South Africa, impressed. Um, he did it again last weekend. Uh, we know he has that ability. Uh, we've been waiting for it. I think he was held back in Munster a little bit in the last couple of years. If he was in Leinster, he'd probably have 30 or 40 caps for Leinster now at this stage. Um but Frawley's a very good player. He's uh he has an ability to, to, to you know to put pressure there and maybe you know obviously you know Sexton is going to be gone after the World Cup and there's there needs to be players who who are used there that that's just the way it's going to work. So Frawley has an ability to do that job and uh, I think he's a really good player and it'll be interesting to see this does he start um, against Fiji, or does mm. he? You know, Carberry needs games as well. Um, mm. But how that's managed throughout November. But um, I think Carberry will be on the bench. I think there is a pecking order, and, and unless someone does something really consistently good for for a number of games, or impresses in training, you know that that kind of makes a difference too. If you if you can turn one of the coaches' heads, and then they give him a chance in a big game. So you know, Frawley was to start for Ireland and have a big game. Well, then the narrative kind of changes, doesn't
0: it? You have the slightly... Uh, it's not unique, but certainly unusual situation in that he's not really in the pecking order. Um, and I know, obviously, injuries... If Harry Byrne was there, does he get in ahead of Frawley? If he wasn't injured, I mean, does he maybe get in ahead of Frawley? But you have, obviously, the slightly unusual situation at Leinster where it's Sexton, I mean, maybe Harry Byrne, maybe Ross Byrne, maybe Frawley in that order. But yet, when it comes to Ireland, Frawley seems to leapfrog the other three, almost. The other two.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just... It's literally them looking at it and saying, Who's, who has the ability? The others have been there and they're not kind of written off. I think, obviously, um, Rossburn um you could argue that you know he had that kind of run in the squad uh, for those warm-up games uh, in 2019 where it went a bit pear-shaped for Ireland and he was kind of you know, suffered a little bit because of that. Um, he's always played really well for Leinster and always mm-hmm. done a good job for Leinster, I think. And, and I think kicking. Uh, kicking. Yeah, uh, I think they look well. at Frawley and they look at Frawley and I think they say, look, this guy has an ability to, to bring you stability, but also bring you that attack as well. And he's a physical player, he's strong. And maybe just think that he's the one that can step in there and close that gap. Yeah.
0: What's your back three, so...
1: Um, Hugo Keenan, Mac Hansen and Robert Balacoon. Um, I'm a fan of Balacoon's. I think you could, there's obviously be merits for putting uh, Jacob Stockdale back in there. I think he's obviously picking up an injury again. Um, I started this season pretty well uh, out for a long, long time and, and was a, you know, a mainstay of this team a couple of seasons ago, still very young and very, very talented. Um, but I, I, I love Balakum when he plays I think he's such a balanced runner he's so quick and uh, he's scoring tries and you know Hansen can play in the left and put Balakum on the right wing and, and Hugo Keane in a full back so even though they're down a number of players um, you know there's the, probably the next level and that depth in the back three is a little bit light um, I just think that's uh, that's an incredibly exciting back exciting back three who can can all run with the ball?
0: Yeah, and some uh, exciting propositions in reserve as well. With a couple of the young cap players, Calvin Nash, obviously one of those that uh, continues to impress, and uh, Jimmy O'Brien coming through as well. So um, lots to be excited about in that front. Yeah,
1: Jimmy O'Brien has been brilliant, and, uh, and Nash, I think. So it's good to see that, and uh, you know, it'll be good for it'll be brilliant for Calvin Nash. Um, he's always been had that talent. Um, I stifled again a little bit in in the, in the last couple of seasons. Um, he just needs to run and he needs to get to that level and look at the likes of Henshaw, Ringrose, the way they do things up close. So it'll really benefit him being in that Irish squad.
0: I saw Donald Lennon during the week calling out whether the Munster-Leinster games are a rivalry at all anymore was the way he put it. Um, He went through the stats. Munster, one win in nine games. Um, And they're obviously stacked with injuries at the minute. So it's an easy thing to say, well, you know, Leinster expected to win tomorrow and that's, that's that. But... There's probably another side to that story as well, Quinny, the optimism, obviously, of what happened last weekend. And maybe it's a significant turning point in the road for this Munster coaching ticket, particularly.
1: It is. I think the the concern is, um, you know, on paper, Leinster, you know, have dominated this fixture in recent years. And I've had to, you know, we people in Munster understand that. They understand that there's a gap. Um, there was times in the last couple of seasons that we thought the gap was closing a little bit. Um, but obviously with the start of this season and, and I think in, in in those nine fixtures since Munster last won a league game in 2018 in December 2018 they have played nine times. Leinster won eight of them. Munster won one game in the Rainbow Cup. Um and I think what happened last um, last May in the in the URC and the Aviva probably hurt more than anything because, and that was probably more concerning than anything because number one, it nearly put Munster out of the the playoffs, and two, it was a it was you know a second stroke third Leinster team that beat beat Monster, um, who were obviously missing some players themselves, but it was on paper, it was it was you know it was a pretty decent Munster team, and they totally. Um, that was uh, totally overwhelmed in that game and beaten by energy, quality, um, tactical nous and Munster were incredibly flat so it's been a painful uh, situation for Munster and, and I think the start of the season probably the optimism kind of faded away again a little bit and, and there's a lot of change there but you know with the new coaches coming in I think we saw some glimpses last year against the Bulls um, last week against the Bulls. And I think people, you know, it was funny, some people were saying, well, the Bulls were useless. The Bulls were were no good. And, and maybe there's some truth in that, but I think Munster executed so much better themselves. They had an energy about them that I think is a minimum standard. And, you know, even if they made some mistakes, again, I think Munster fans were happy that there was a bit of fight. There was a bit of zip in their game. And, you know, they were winning collisions against a very physical side. And then, you know, a lot of players played really well. So it gives a little shot in the arm again. But you go to Dublin this week and you think that could be taken away. I just think it's really important that it's it's going to be a week in Munster team. It's going to be a week in Leinster team. You talk about the rivalry. It is the Rivalry will always be there as regards, you know, the history between the two teams. But expectation or anticipation of this being a really tight game how many games back in the day could you say that this could go either way Adrian you know what I mean and Mm. that doesn't happen at the moment and uh, that's just a reality and and obviously Leinster have a kind of their golden generation of players and they've they've uh, a lot of depth right across the board and and there's been question marks about some of the Munster players this year and, and the performances they've put in so it's a daunting task, um, but I think Monser have to bring a little bit of fight. Um, and I don't mean aggression as regards, you know, being niggled. I mean, just fight and passion themselves and try and build a little bit on what they did last week. Um, getting the result is, I wouldn't say it's out of their reach, but it's its very difficult. But I think if they can build a little bit on the last week, um, certainly around the attack and, and uh, you know, Forward dominance and stuff like that, not being dominated and get their set piece right. Um, there was things that people watched the last couple of weeks that was infuriating to watch. I'm sure it was hard on the monster coaches as well, and probably the players in the reviews. But um, a couple of steps forward, and my fear is um, that you know they could get, take a step or two backwards. Um, as long as it's not too many steps, I think it'll be it'll be okay.
0: If you're to make an argument for for Munster, Quinnie, like uh, Leinster, look they, they look brilliant, but maybe not as infallible as they were last season. This time last year, um, like uh, Rory O'Connor and Fiona Hayes were on Wednesday night of rugby last night, and they were talking about Johnny Sexton being being fairly riled up with the referee against the Sharks, and maybe that that's something that that Munster could, could do. Like the likes of Peter O'Mahony and Gavin Coombs are well able to to rile up opposition players where needs be. Is that something that the monster should be doing? There should be a little bit of niggle in these, in these rivalry games anyway. So maybe something like that and, and, and kind of picking on Johnny to, to use a better, uh, um, want of a better phrase, that's maybe one way to go about it.
1: Maybe. I think, um, I just think body language across the board. I go back to that game in May. Um, you know, obviously monster players were hurting from that game, but Sometimes you've got to show that hurt with your passion as well out in the field when you lose decisions. Um, You know, even that Arsenal thing that was on Netflix, um, which was brilliant. I can't think of the name of it again. Mm. All or nothing. I was watching that and I thought it was intriguing. I just think Arteta, one thing jumped out to me. He said to one of the players that just about the standards, that when they lose the ball, they don't look like they're bothered. And in one of these games that they lost, I just think it's once you need to have a little bit of that, they need to look like they're bothered more. That may sound quite insulting if one of the players was watching this or listening and say, well, I really cared and I am hurting. But you've got to show it and you've got to show it. And Sexton shows it all the time and it comes down to leadership. Now, you don't want 15 of your players whinging and whining around the field. That's not the point here. But they have to show like that they're, they're really frustrated by certain things, and in, that actually creates a bit of energy, a bit of drive, a bit of um, a bit of a spark in the group, and you know the crowd kind of get behind that as well at times. So, yeah, um, obviously Johnny Sexton has that incredible, incredible leadership as well, and uh, you know he's been around, and, and his temperament is has driven him to where he is. Um, you know, I, don't, I think you start questioning referees and other players other than the captain. You know, Peter O'Mahony can be very, very vocal and, and and is well able to, you know, uh, go at referees as well. You've got to get the balance of that right. But I just think right across the board, the players need to show a real kind of energy and really show that even I know they want us. they've got to show that to people as well. And that sometimes is in your body language and... Um, you know, having that bit of a poker face on that you're you're ready for the fight. Um, I think it does make a difference. Some people say, well, you know, maybe it does. It, it comes down to quality, and you've got to execute. But I think if you go in pretty animated, um, obviously get the, the the tone of that right, it'll help you. It's basically you're being the underdog, and you know most teams that play against Leinster, the underdog, aren't they? So you've you've got to go in, but I think they got to get. You know, if once we go to Dublin tomorrow, thinking if we we've got to focus on stopping Leinster, I think that's that's been the problem before, and I think mm. Johan van Grand's sides have done that. They've gone to to Dublin, you know, kicking the ball a lot, um, keeping it very tight, keeping it very simple, and yeah, some of the games were tight. You know, sixteen nine, sixteen six. There was two of them there. I think um, twenty three. You know, fifteen. These kind of score lines that. But they're still dominant wins. They were never like Munster were were were, were going to win those games. I think Munster have to be brave against a very good side who they'll have a number of injuries themselves, but they're cohesive and when they get their tempo right and their pace, um, they're very very dangerous and they can punish sides. So it's a big task, but it's a great opportunity for these players as well. You've got to look at it as opportunity. I think I've spoken there about stuff in the last number of years. If you focus on that too much in the, with this playing coaching group, um, you get kind of tied up on it. They've got to mm-hmm. look forward. And that's what I mean. If I was in that dressing room, I was thinking, right, very, very conscious and aware of how good Leinster are, but also this is an opportunity to go out and show a little bit of fight and bring a bit of passion to the table.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll see it as well. Enjoy it. Thanks, Quinny.
1: Yeah, cheers, lads. Thanks. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent modes.